Hi, Beth. Hey, Beth. Your Abby, dear Kiki. Desperate housewives. Doesn't want to marry you. Love you like I love you. Don't talk to yourself. Cheers, Beth. Cheers. Ill advised. This is ill advised. Hi, Bevs. Hello. Hello. And welcome. Welcome to Advice. The podcast where two best friends tell you what to do when someone else already has. Like your auntie. And not your cousin. True. I can go with that. Yeah. Fucking aunties first. Aunties will tell you what to do. Cousins will go with you. We'll go with. Oh, who's your ride or die, though? Exactly. <laughs> Ooh. totes the cousin totes the cousin i don't know i'm a ride or die on i don't know friends will bail you, out, bail you out of jail best friends will be right there next to you you're my best friend and i bailed you out of jail all right <laughs> god damn it you're an auntie oh the things you do when you're an adolescent Things you don't do when you're the things you should do when you're an adolescent. The things you shouldn't. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Adolescent. Plain and simple. I don't want to go. Nope. Yeah. Do not open that book. The can of worms. I'm not going fishing. I have a little bit of a um flip for us than our usual. I mean, we can still do our usual, but I need to say this now before I forget because I already almost forgot. How you doing, Piff? I need (laughs) I need my listeners okay. to listen. Guys, guys, w- what the fuck are you doing? Stop what you're doing. Stephanie's speaking. Please, your spaghetti isn't going to burn yet. No, it's, it's just boiling. Two seconds. Yeah. Go okay. ahead, Biff. So I need somebody who's familiar with dreams. So years ago, I, I can't say when they started. I don't know if I was younger. I don't know if whatever. Long time ago, maybe not super long ago. A while ago, some point ago, I used to have these dreams, reoccurring dreams, Mm -hmm. that revolved around not even a bathroom, a toilet, specifically a toilet, not just a bathroom. But the thing about these toilets is that they were always in public views. Mm -hmm. There was never privacy with these toilets. And in my dreams, I was always having issues peeing because there's 17 people around me. And there was even one dream that toilets were stacked. They were like this wall, picture a wall with like, you know, those walls that people have pictures that are just kind of randomly yep. put on the wall. So like those mural that, walls. Yes. Yep. But of toilets. So there was, was it like, pictures of toilets or was it no, toilets? No, toilets. And, and they were just and hanging there was off like, the wall. Yes. And there was like little mini ladders so that like the person at the first level, you know, and then there was little tiny like wall ladders to get to the second row of toilets above. Okay. So that was what, that was just one of many I'm just picturing toilet a bunch dreams. of Smurfs trying to use the toilet with these mini ladders. Not Smurfs. They're just real uh, big people. Oh, they were. Because I was on like the second shelf toilet. You and were like, on something. Yeah, okay, this is my point. Where it's like I have these recurring dreams where I'm just like, it specifically involves a public, like a toilet, but in a public vicinity. And, and it's always in a different and setting. I'm, yes, but it's always public. And I'm always struggling like, why the fuck is there 72 toilets just in someone's hallway? And like, we all just have to <laughs> just go about our business. Like, and it's never like my friends, so I'm comfortable. Like, I'm always in my dream. I'm always struggling to go to the bathroom because I'm like, uh, what? What well, is stop this? looking? What is this? Like, I already have anxiety going to restrooms that have like two different doors just to get into the bathroom, and then the stall door. Like that already gives me anxiety. Let alone just a completely open public. So, anyways, I had those dreams, reoccurring dreams for a while. And they recently just started back up again. With specifically the toilet in a public place. I have and I nothing. Need, I know. This I is why nothing. I need to if you have reach nothing, out to my... I have nothing. Well, I'm not like a dream person. So, I don't know what that's connected to. I believe in like meanings. Behind mm-hmm. Some dreams, not all. Some you, are like... You took NyQuil last night, and that explains that dream. Sure. But, like, this specific is, re- like, reoccurring 
So what? Why and are you having it? it? Like stopped. what in your life influences this, and then it starts up again? It's like a deep seated something, and I need to know what the toilet means, what the public toilet means, what the struggle to go to the bathroom in public yeah. means. Like I just so I need. I know someone listening out there. I know you know dreams. Do you just when you go about your daily life? Do you just feel like you're shitting in a forest? Never. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I it was being literal because I was way. Because I'm like, be there's no privacy. I'm like, it's public domain. Like, no, if someone comes by, like, how many times have I gone to the bathroom in trees or the floral what, shop? What I'm saying is <laughs> on the side of the highway. That was supposed to be a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just gonna skip over that metaphor right now wow i just i need it i need i need answers usually, and i don't know who to turn to we usually pregame how we're gonna like open up actually not that much not in much, much depth but we talk about the episode we'll before we go into it and this was nowhere on that roadmap no. at I all i need answers <laughs> ill-advised the podcast at gmail.com yes. <laughs> or instagram facebook twitter ill-advised or tiktok forget twitter, twitter. she's never gonna get used never to never going to get that right tiktok instagram although facebook. if tiktok goes away we're gonna have to get to twitter <laughs> oh god don't trust me on a twitter <laughs> i won't <laughs> ill-advised the podcast please i'm like so serious right now I just, I won't be more grateful if somebody ever writes in and says, like, this is the meaning behind your disastrous public toilet dreams. Yeah. It's really funny that you say something about dreams because, and I don't know how I didn't talk to you about this. I just had. Shocker. The, no. It's, this is was, why I just posted that meme. No. <laughs> when your best friend decides to share a secret that you've this never was, heard. This was last night. I had some strange ass dreams that i don't know what the fuck to do with but every aspect of the last 20 years of my life was in it what it was so when you were like oh i need somebody that knows about dreams and i'm like me too me too me too me too and then you went on your tirade and i was like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no not me too no 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 no, no 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 um it was i was with Colin doing something and then all of a sudden I'm babysitting this little girl who takes a liking to me but she's I put her down for a nap in a shopping cart and that's when I realize I'm grocery shopping at Market Basket which if you're in Massachusetts you know what a Market Basket, market is. basket is it's the god of all grocery stores yes. and that's like very telling of me I love Market Basket True that. and I put her to nap in the grocery cart and went shopping with Thought, her or with like her she her. was in the cart <laughs> okay and i went shopping and next thing i know we're leaving the grocery store and of course i'm interacting with people because i don't do that in daily in daily life so why not just put it in my dream yeah and then sense. we come upon this place where it's like i shit you not kind of like a shelter with all these beds in it and they offer me to put her in one and i do and she's like but i want him to be my dad and i was like I've always wanted a little girl. So that's where I am with that. Right? Are you dreaming about my daughter? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> that's my shit. <laughs> no fucking clue. That's the best ever. Full because disclosure, my daughter has yeah. a father. But she's also obsessed with Ray. So, so that's funny. So then she, so then I'm all of a sudden. How I'm old at, is this child in your dream? Um uh, she's gotta be like three or four so yeah maybe oh so my daughter maybe but i do remember her having long curly hair like dark curly hair so i put her down in this public bed because i should be trusted with children and then all of a sudden funnily I'm my, enough you have a child funnily enough i have one <laughs> and then i'm at my old job at one of their function rooms and i'm checking in and there's my headshot for my current job that people are raiding like hot or not? Like not hot hot. or not. So I go. <laughs> but where's the child? It's still at you the left. hostel. <laughs> you left her to go to hotornot.com. Biff. It's <laughs> funny that you say that. Are you ready? Because I go in and I'm the whole time paired up with the ex that I met on hotornot.com. Shut. <laughs> the rest of the up. dream, he's in it. 
and we're playing Are games you... with this like couples games, but with our best friends oh, with so you're this like person. Actively interacting with this yeah. person. Yeah, and it's and I turn around <laughs> because a sound comes from behind me, and the concert is starting. Who was performing? I don't fucking know. I didn't even know I was at a concert. I was at my old job in a function yeah, room right? that doesn't have room for a concert. <laughs> <laughs> when I woke up this morning with my really dry mouth so and swollen confused. tongue, oh I was God, like, yes. where am I? <laughs> what is happening? Who's about to sing right now? Literally the last Where's 20 years my of my child? life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, you are dream a dream interpreter, yes, please. we both need help. Well, we know we need help, but specifically with these dreams. In respect to this. I would love to know what these dreams mean. I know how to fix it. What? wine let's try let's try we've got while it's still cold. while it's still cold we've got a 28 2019 it's called a lily pad white that's the brand the 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 brand no the grape it's a chardonnay but they have in parentheses lily pad white but it's arrogant frog huh. a french wine oh jesus but if you're gonna make me read this in a French accent. No, I don't know French. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'll be like Antonio Banderas. I can't do it. That's the best part. <laughs> Arrogant Frog is a wine that proudly embraces its Mediterranean origins, yet really leaps good. out of the glass with a Ooh, friendly and inviting leaps. new world attitude. Oh. Right? To obtain the fruit-driven style and exceptional quality that defines Arrogant Frog, it's created Jean-Claude Moss. <laughs> Not Van Damme. The humble winemaker selects grapes from the hillsides of the five main valleys of the Languedoc region. Yeah, I feel like you said that the wrong. Oud or <laughs> Harold Payne and Hot Uze's Valley. I do. I don't know. The Chardonnay. That's is... why you got to say in an accent, and they won't even know. Uze Valley. Um, <laughs> This this Chardonnay. You sound like a frog Thank from you. The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Thank you. Mia the, loves that movie. This Chardonnay is bright golden color and exudes persistent aromas of peach, pineapple, and citrus with nuance of vanilla. To enjoy it at its fullest, we recommend to serve it with chicken dishes, seafood, sushi, fish dishes, blue cheese, or fruit desserts. You can also savor it by itself at cool temperatures. That's Explore what a prince now. this frog can be. Ooh. Arrogant frog. Let's kiss it. Let's kiss it. Cheers. Cheers. I'm a little surprised. It's a Chardonnay? It's a Chardonnay. It's probably... Closer to a Pinot? Yeah, it's probably the best Chardonnay that I've had. Yeah. I like Chardonnay, but I'm all, never impressed by it. Chardonnay always tastes like a buttered barrel to me. Yeah. This yeah, is it's like, that oakiness. This is like... Wine. I didn't even smell it before. It smells great. Oh, it smells wonderful. Yeah. The whole time you were talking, I was just sniffing it. I would... Can we do a four and a half? Absolutely. I would buy yeah. this. I would buy it again. Absolutely. And I got this locally at the same place where I get most of our wines. How much was it, did you say? Oh, I didn't. It's eleven ninety nine, And it's in the... Absolutely buying this France again. section. So it's, a, it's from the Bordeaux region. Absolutely. Well, actually, I don't know. It, it just named 700 regions I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> so, True that. So we're going to go with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay with a four and a half. Yeah, me too. So now that we're settled in. All right. I got questions this week. I have questions. Do we have any updates for anyone before we move forward or no, are we good? I just need to know my toilet dreams. Oh. Yes. That's my update. You're constantly <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> All done? No, it's not embarrassment. It's like... I'm actively trying to urinate and I can't because I'm like, there's, I'm in someone's hallway above. There's somebody below me on a toilet wall and I'm on the toilet wall above, above them because yeah. you climbed up the Smurf ladder. Yeah. So I need help. <laughs> Let's Dream. give other people help. How's Dream that? Dream people and therapists. Feel oh my God. Therapists help. have at it. <laughs> You got someone new this week. I got someone new this week. It's called Ask Someone Else's Mom. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's great, right? And the writer is Susan Ryder. Call me stupid, but I think that's just a pseudonym. It's not her real name. I wouldn't be surprised if it, like Cheryl Swoops, or, WNBA. Oh. <laughs> that's her real name. Is it? Cheryl Swoops. Yes. Okay. So okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. 
So the first one that we have is called Disappearing Liquor Worries Future Stepfather. And this one is from November 5th, 2021. And all of these questions come from youexpress.com. This child doesn't know to put water back in the bottles. Seriously. They don't know the difference after a few glasses of wine. Gosh. We're not giving anyone tips. No, we're in our 30s. And you're all adults. Expressing our childhood. That's right. (laughs) Dear someone else's mom. That's wicked funny. (laughs) Dear someone else's mom. It is funny. I get on pretty well with my fiance's two kids. Her son is 12 and her daughter is seven. They've tested me in their own ways as I would expect. Especially after having you dated, my dad. right? Yeah. Especially after having dated other women with kids, but overall, these two are good kids, and I look forward to having them in my life even more once their mom and I are married. You're a dime a dozen, my friend. I do have, or he's a faker. Or he's a faker. I do have one problem, which I don't know how or if to bring him with my fiance. After the last couple of visits to my house by my future stepson. I noticed that the level in one of my liquor bottles was a lot lower than before the visit. It's an expensive whiskey, which I only drink on very special occasions, and I know I haven't touched it since the day I proposed to my girlfriend and she said yes. It isn't that I care about the fact that it's my most expensive whiskey bottle that's being rated, but I do worry it may mean my future stepson has a problem with drinking. I'm not his dad yet, and I haven't said anything to his mother. But do I start there or go straight to him to let him know that I figured out what's going on and also to let him know I'm not the enemy, but here for him? Need help in the approach. The first thing I want to mention is that even if this 12-year-old is stealing your alcohol does not mean he has a problem with drinking. No, it looks like he's worried about him having a problem with drinking. Right. Which is why I just... In the future. Yeah, but that's like... I'm not even in the, you know what I mean? What I was just trying to do is make sure that we were on the same page. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It like has nothing to do with his future for me. Okay. You know what I mean? I I was probably around 12 years old when I actually, I didn't have to in my defense steal. No, you didn't. Alcohol. But, until my sister laughed. But I think it's also <laughs> it's also part of that nurture versus nature type of conversation too, right? It might not necessarily in your instance, but also you didn't grow up to have a, a serious issue with alcohol either. But I think how a parent handles it too is another story, right? Maybe it factors into it. Like I, I caught you drinking at 12 and, you know, how do you handle that as a parent for, for their like future outlook? What do you do that may or may not cause them to spiral down this path of At 12, alcohol? I feel like it's not. I mean, obviously, if you caught your child and like beat the shit out of him, <laughs> right? Like, yes, that's going. Oh, to I thought you were advising. To no, beat the- <laughs> no. <laughs> don't. No, like that's. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree with you. How it's a little bit of how it's handled. But I think for the most part, for me, it's like kids are going to be kids or teens are going to be teens. And it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, my God, he's stealing alcohol right now. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a raging alcoholic when he's older. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There probably are cases that 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 is the case. But I don't think it's common or typical or average or whatever you want to, however you want to word that. Like, it's just like. Also, the other part that was like, you know, when he mentioned that, like, he wanted to let this boy know that, like, I'm an ally. Right. It's This isn't like, oh, you're stealing alcohol from me. Do you need to talk? Like, yes, that can absolutely be a sign of, you know, some sort of they're trying to they have strong emotions that they don't really know how to handle, especially at 12 years old. Like that's perfectly normal for them to not know how to deal with certain emotions. But I don't think it's always indicative of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could just be as simple as like, you know, I think back to you when you and I were teens. We were <laughs> too That was just yesterday. <laughs> that like, if somebody sat us down and was like, I'm concerned do you have a problem? Do you need to talk? I'm here for you. We would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Like I just 
Oh, you would say, what the fuck are you talking about? I would just cry. <laughs> My uncle gave it to me. <laughs> he told me to take Stephanie <laughs> under a tree. <laughs> Oh my so God. I don't. So for me, my advice is more like not to not take this seriously. This mm-hmm. he's twelve. Like if he is drinking, especially expensive whiskey, the kids get drunk, <laughs> right? Like he loves life. This I'm not saying to like that take beautiful this amber lightly. color, that caramel <sighs> delicious finish, like a marker makers. Markers. No, better than that. Better than that. Better oh, than deer makers. One? Better, better than Knob Creek. That's scotch. That deer one that you're oh. thinking. That stag. Oh, that stag. one's so good too. I digress. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> She's um, drinking it, kid. So I'm not saying to like, oh, just dismiss this. But I do think your approach should be a little bit lighter and less like, I'm concerned. You know, do you need help? Do you need to talk to someone? You know what I mean? Yep. I feel like it should be, like, absolutely address it. He's 12. Like, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying to, like, just go let your 12-year-old drink right. because kids are going to be kids. That's not what I'm saying. But just thinking back to when I was younger and I was stealing alcohol and whatever, I think it being addressed to make me feel less like now I need to hide it better now I need to be more sneaky, which is how I would feel if you, you gotta sat be me more down stealth and was about like, it. right? Yeah. If you sat me down and was like, I have concerns. This, you know, this isn't okay. Like, if you made it feel like a huge, big, heavy deal to me, mm-hmm. it's just for me would have kind of made it worse. I'm just gonna learn to hide it better now. Right. But if you made a little comment that you were aware that I had maybe stole your alcohol. And you kind of, you didn't, like, you obviously made me aware that, like, that's not cool, but I'm not going to sacrifice you Mm -hmm. for it. Then that would be a little bit more beneficial in, like, the, all right, he's cool, you know, but I just obviously can't steal his shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, less, I don't know. Do you, does it make sense what I'm trying to say? Actually, it does, because a lot of what you're saying is resonating with me, and I'm thinking back to the teen me, and I have arguments against, or counter to, not necessarily against, but counter to to what you're saying, but that's only based off our experiences, and actually a lot of the instances that you and I didn't commit, is that the word? Like, we had mm-hmm. friends that did it in front of us, and they kind of got away with it, but we know our parents better and you'd get thrown across the wall and my mom would jump like a fucking I guess basketball the wall player and punch my face. Never for alcohol. Yeah. So, As a matter of fact, the one time I got caught smoking weed, I said I was drunk <laughs> because I knew the punishment would have been less. <laughs> Sorry, pups. <laughs> so I, I, a lot of that resonated with me. So I'm not going to like challenge any of that with with anything more than just like, you know, intellectual rhetoric right so to me my argument so bear with me right so just keep an open mind and and think about it from my perspective um and also let me ask these two questions before i forget before you respond so the first one is do you think you were talking about how kids just because that they're you know at 12 years old having a drink that they're not going to go down that route of alcohol dependency etc or just because of that they're not going down that route i would argue that kids are also according to psychologists very impressionable on their pre-adolescent and adolescent life where they hold on to those things a that remind them of their childhoods but also b kind of keep them youthful where they are before anything happens now of course I'm also factoring in the traumatic effects of being a teenager, right? So I'm, I'm yeah. going a little bit further than that. But what would you say in respect to that, firstly? And my second question was more on the approach of going up to this person. As the future step-parent, are you handling this yourself or are you bringing it up to mom to handle? Oh, that's a very good question. Because I know my answer on that, but that's only because of my experience. And you haven't really experienced the step-parent thing, but you are very in tuned with, like, you know, 
psychology on a spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, so I would be very interested to know what your takes are on both of those. So the first one, not that you lost me, but I guess I didn't fully get the specific question. So my my idea is, you know, kids will continue to run with what they get away with. We're a testament to that. Oh, for sure. You know, and even if you say something and you're cool, calm and collected about it and they're like, oh, he's cool. I shouldn't touch his shit. He's going to find another way to find it and to get it. We did. He's we going sh- to anyways. He's going to anyways. But that's right. what I was talking about with like, now I'm just going to be more sneaky about it. Now there's more room for I'm getting in trouble because now right. maybe I'm stealing it from. So to you, it doesn't matter which approach you take. He's going to, if that's his route, that's his route. He's going to find a way to do it. Yeah. Okay. So for me, that that kind of was more around like, I want the my potential step or stepchild to respect me, mm-hmm. but also feel comfortable with like, me. trust me. Yes. Okay. So like, I guess that's where I was coming from with okay. that. Like, that makes sense. It definitely. And for the record, I'm not disagreeing with no, you. I, no, I totally actually like it. your approach. And I, but I, I just, I'm thinking of the other side of it. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, I, I don't feel like there's anything that somebody could tell someone, child, not child, adult. There's rarely a time that somebody can sit down with someone and say something for them to be like, you're right, I'm never going to do this again. Right. right. Especially in adolescence, preteens. Oh, yeah. You know, more so. So I think that's where it's important for parents or adult figures to like, you can't drink, that's bad. And then expect their kid to not drink. Right. Like you want them to be like, mom, I fucked up. I right. went out last night and got drunk. Yep. And you I think I mean? that perspective is why I have the relationship with my son. Yes. That I have because I you want him to come to You didn't have that when you were a child. Me. Oh, I definitely Absolutely. didn't. None of us did. Definitely didn't. Right. If my mom could fucking put a stick of dynamite up my ass and light it, I'd be smithereens right now. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? you would. So (laughs) I just, I want my kid to have a safe space, but I also like we've evolved socially, right? And even myself, you know, if my kid goes out and he tries weed, I want him to be able to come and talk to me about it, you know, as opposed to like, if he had met 16 year old me and he said he smoked weed, he'd be tied, he'd be hung, hanged, (laughs) hung, (laughs) he'd be hanged, he's... (laughs) Sorry, yeah, let's my mind just went the wrong hung. way. He'd be hanged. <laughs> I agree then. Like we need to, my, my, I don't know for my mom specifically, but my dad made it very clear when we were, you know, especially hitting our teens. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've been doing. If there is an issue, if you need to get picked up, if you need to leave any situation you're in, I don't care what it is call me and i'm coming no questions asked and he like drilled that into us right to the point where like i don't think i specifically ever had to call him no because i bailed you out (laughs) (laughs) but i definitely know there was times for like my brothers or my siblings oh my sister there was one time i was way younger and my sister was out like we knew if we called our dad at two in the morning even if we were hammered and 16 years old and we told him like dad we're in this town at this place he was coming to get us and we weren't going to get our asses whooped for it mm-hmm. he would definitely father us mm-hmm. like afterwards right but we had enough assurance that like even if we were going to get some sort of lecture or punishment it wasn't going to be so bad that next time we're not calling mm-hmm. you know what i mean we we're always calling dad and he like made that very clear for us like starting probably around 12 years old mm-hmm. when he probably started sniffing us <laughs> coming home smelling <laughs> like different things i know you think back and you're like he really we really thought he was stupid oh my god i know it's embarrassing i drilled that into my kid a lot where actually this weekend when he was with me we actually said something about how I'm not exactly sure where the conversation came from, but it was sex related. And he was like, dad. And I looked at him and I said, listen, we're a sex positive household. I was like, we have these conversations so that you feel comfortable talking to me about anything that you want. Right. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I can't talk to mom. (laughs) 
Yeah. So it does make the difference. It makes a huge difference. You know, I'm not expecting my kid to come to me with everything, but when there's an emergency, there is nobody who will have your back more than your parent, at least in this generation. Yeah, hopefully. Right? Yeah. So what do you think about the second part of my question where it was like who who should be disciplined? Tell the So when you were asking that question, I just was like coming back to like I'm close with my niece and nephew, um, especially my sister's Mm -hmm. kids, because they were the first. And the oldest. Yeah. um, And so I've always been close with them. And there was a lot of things that I, that they would come to me for that I wouldn't share with my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there was things that like, I wouldn't feel the need to tell my sister. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like things that just didn't seem like I, Whatever. I just didn't feel the need. Right. But then there were, you know, specific things that's like, maybe we should keep an eye on this. Maybe this is a cry for help. Or maybe this is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there was things that I did feel like, hey, you know, Calvin told me the other day he was really struggling with whatever it was. And, you know, I'm a little bit worried. Maybe you can keep an eye out. Like, also, if you could maybe not make it super obvious that I came to do right. this. <laughs> that would be great. But for this case, especially where he's going to be in their lives, and he is like a father. Are they married or engaged? No, they're engaged. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he is becoming a figure, like mm-hmm. male figure, father figure, whatever, that it is important for him to have his own trust mm-hmm. with them. But also that's their mother so she definitely needs to like know certain things so you think that the step parent before they take i'm sorry this was just we've had a few edits in between (laughs) so do you think that this future step parent before handling it should get permission to handle it or handle it on their own it depends on a the severity of the situation Mm-hmm. All right, let me pose this to you. This is Mia, and you're engaged, and he notices it, and he doesn't come to you about it, and you find out years later. What's your reaction? Depends on the... I'm going to assume, if I'm marrying someone who's not Mia's dad, that it has been years mm-hmm. of him and I having a relationship, even before he meets my daughter, and then years more after he's met my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going... So let's say now she's 15 years old and you just found out he did this while she was 12. Before you guys got married, you know, you're, now you're married. If they were close and I, and I knew that they had a good relationship, I, I'm not sure that I would be upset. Would you want him to come to you before he adult-figured her? <laughs> before he laid down the parent law? Probably. But I would want him to like... Hey, I think I'm going to go talk to Mia. You know, I'm going right. to bring her out to lunch, have a little conversation with her. Oh, why about what? Oh, um, you know, if he, if he feels like it's not a huge deal. Okay. You know what I mean? If he does feel like it's like, hey, this is potential crisis. Yes. Him and I better be having a conversation before you say anything. Right. So I, I, I'm a little bit confused because you're saying like, yeah, we better have a conversation beforehand, but then, like, I'm just taking Mia out to lunch. Like, do you know what's going on if he's taking her out to lunch? If he doesn't, as himself, uh-huh. as, a, like, a adult and who's a potential step-parent, mm-hmm. if he doesn't see this as the end of the world or something that's like, hey, this is a really big deal, if he doesn't feel that way and he just wants to, like, just l- simply let her know, like, hey, that's some real expensive whiskey, and right. I noticed last time you were here, I was missing a little bit. And it just wasn't that in the world for him. Then I don't think maybe him telling me after, like, hey, this is what happened. I took her to lunch the other day and we talked about it. I think that would be okay. I'm guessing because obviously I'm not in that position. Yeah. I think I would just need to be in the know. You're going to handle it. You caught it. You saw it firsthand because, and I think that's just my my the professional side of me because i can't no i just i can't handle something that i 
I hear from somebody else in my professional life. I can't, I can't touch it. It's not credible. Like if you didn't see it, I didn't see it. I can't handle it. It's just a thing. And I, I carry that a lot through life. Like a lot of it is just hearsay or whatever. If it's somebody that I trust, you know, like if Colin came to me and said, I'm going to talk to White about X, Y, and Z because I caught him doing X, Y, and Z, I'll say, okay, handle it. But if he just went and talked to Wyatt and Wyatt came to me and said, he talked to me about this and said this, this, and this, I'd be like, I can't believe you didn't talk to me and, and run that by me only because no one knows my kid better than me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you want to handle it. There's a really good chance I'll let you handle it depending on the severity of the situation, right? Right. I will let you handle it and I will trust you to carry it forward because I know that your priority is our family. Right. And I trust that. Right. But I also need to be in the know of what's going on because at the end of the day, I have to answer for him legally. I have to answer for him by blood. You know, just keep me apprised. I don't need to be involved all the time, but if he's stealing liquor and you caught him and you're going to say something to him, I'm going to trust you to do that. That's you know true. what I mean? I do really like that answer. So let's get to the response on this one. Yeah. Because this one was very long-winded. Mm. Dear need help in the approach. While there may be some benefit in approaching your future stepson, man to man, I'm sorry, quote, man to man, end quote, I strongly believe his mother needs to be clued in to what you think is happening. If he's sneaking drinks at your place, it's entirely possible he's doing the same thing elsewhere, either at his home or at his friend's home or relatives. After a private conversation with your future wife, Hopefully, the two of you can come up with a strategy on what to do next based on her knowledge of her son and your shared concerns. That was it. Okay. Uh, our answer was significantly longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. But I don't hate it. I mean, only because she took our answers and, and smashed them and put them in two paragraphs. <laughs> Pretty much. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah, we have no comments on we, that. Nothing. <laughs> I. It's exactly what we said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? No. All right. Then I'm, <laughs> moving on. I'm moving on. Neighborhood newcomers viewed with suspicion. Oh. September 3rd, 2021. Yes. Dear someone else's mom, my <laughs> wife and I moved into a house in what was long considered a middle class holdout surrounded by neighborhoods that have been redeveloped into townhouses and McMansion subdivisions, which we what neither like nor want to live in. A pseudo-mansion? I don't know, but that was a really long fucking that sentence. <laughs> that was. We've always loved both the location of the older neighborhood and the classic Levitt-built homes that make it up, especially ones that haven't had all the original features renovated out of them. Ever since we moved in, though, some of the neighbors have been at the least very cool, at the worst downright rude to us. When I spoke with my father-in-law about this, he suggested the longtime residents are most likely nervous that the same fate awaits their neighborhood as what's been happening all around them. They clearly love their neighborhood as it is, and the thing is, so do my wife and I. Not all young couples want the 300 and I'm sorry, 3,600 square foot monstrosities that keep pushing out the more practical, livable older homes, which are getting harder to find in some areas like ours. How do we let our neighbors know we're not invaders, but people who value the kind of homes they also love? Appreciate what we've got. I'm a little bit lost. <laughs> Go on, Biff. What the fuck are they talking about? What are they concerned? <laughs> so the, the neighborhood might be concerned of what? Um, pseudo mansions. Pseudo mansions. Um, so what? So like a lot of so the surrounding neighborhoods home. have been redeveloped, and the people that so they moved into a place where the people feel like they're coming in to do the same. Just one couple. Just one couple. Coming in to just dismantle the whole neighborhood? Pretty much. Because they renovated the house totally. Except for some of the original features. So not totally. But some this of the original couple features. Right. Renovated their home. So especially ones that they like 
we always loved both the location of the older neighborhood and the classic Levitt homes that make it up, especially ones that haven't had all of the original features renovated out of them. Ever since we moved in, neighbors have been at least, at the least, very cool and at the worst, downright rude. I want to know examples of rude. Yeah. You know what I really got from this? What? Was that these people have been in the neighborhood for a while so that they're like veterans of this area. Yeah. And this is a young couple and they're just kind of like being ageist about it. Yeah, I guess I'm still. This was a very wordy, long winded way to say we're a new couple in a neighborhood that thinks we're ready to like dismantle. Pretty much like turn this neighborhood into the ones that are surrounding it and they're assuming it. How do we make them believe that we're here because we like the neighborhood as it is? After you already redid your home? No, it looks like it was redone before that. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. So they didn't specifically. Yeah, they've been renovated except for the original features that haven't been taken out of them. I have no answers for this because what the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) I don't know. Are you just. Did you move? Into Carentopia? <laughs> I'm just like super Is nice. that in Canada? Or? Probably. No, probably not. They're super nice in Canada. Oh, I wouldn't know. Um, no, that's just a, that's the stereotype. Really? Yeah, Canadians are super nice, oh. and they don't care about whatever the fuck everything else is all about. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, I thought this was gonna be like something cooler. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Met with suspicion. Like, because we're a black couple, <laughs> now our, you know, our older white neighbors, you know, we're in a Cadillac, so people think we're selling drugs or, oh. you know, like the stereotypical. Yeah. Yep. The whole bullshit. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yep. I totally get it. I didn't, I don't even. Not from understand. the title, at least. So let's think. <laughs> The people, the younger couples around them are buying out houses and renovating them and making them into townhouses. These beautiful, like big houses. Old. Yep. And they moved into a beautiful old house that has all this space in it. And they don't want to turn it into this, but they're having a hard time explaining to the rest of the neighborhood that they want their house as it is. And they're not here to try to convince them to redevelop. Well, I think you don't need to tell them that. I think just after a couple of years, a year, two years of you not doing what they are suspicious of you doing might be, here's your sign. Right. To me, like I'm on the same page, like keep treating them with kindness because that's who you are. Right. Right. Don't be nasty because they're nasty. That's just gross. And at at the end of the day, they're going to see what you're really there for. (laughs) And if you redevelop, if you redevelop your home, shame on you. <laughs> I can't even say that, but yeah, I agree with you. Oh, that's a great shorty, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you want to respond? I do. Okay, I'm a little bit. Yeah, let's just get this over with. Yeah, we're not saying that you don't have a problem, but what we're saying is we thought it was more fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, we just don't care anymore. <laughs> because what? Because you have money for a 3,600 square foot house. <laughs> right. And I'm so embarrassed that you have privilege. And your neighbors are so upset that you're younger than them. They're white for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Dear, appreciate what we've got. As a fellow admirer of older, more traditional homes, I believe I get where you're coming from. I've also lived in an area where every fifth house was being mansionized, completely engulfing the original post-World War II homes that have raised a couple of generations of kids just as they were first built, all three bedrooms and one and a half bathrooms of them. It can't be easy for your neighbors to see what's happening all around them, and it's hard to understand that they may view you and your wife as the latest version of blockbusters, as your father-in-law already suggested. I'm guessing the best way to prove you're not one of the invaders is to go about your business maintaining your property and being pleasant to your neighbors. In time, they might come around when they realize you have some shared values. It won't happen overnight, but hopefully you'll eventually feel and truly be more fully part of your new community. 
or community. <laughs> Same diff. Sure. So what we said. Yeah. You've been well advised. Yeah. Ready for the next one? Yeah, because there's more nice. in-laws in this one, but I think it might be a little bit more um less boring. Stimulating. <laughs> yes, oh yeah. Less okay. boring. Got it. Ready? From- Wait. I just that wasn't <laughs> you wrote somebody a, a advice columnist for shit you already knew. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, my neighbors don't like me because they think I'm gonna remodel my home, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. What do I do? You fucking not remodel your home and live happily ever after. <laughs> like I just Biff. Continue. Do you know how we say <laughs> if you're asking? You already know. You already answer. know. This is one of those things. This wasn't something that needed to be asked. <laughs> is my point. I don't know. For some people with high anxiety, this is something that actually plagues their existences. But like, existence. how else are you going to prove to someone that you're not turning their neighborhood into some pseudo mansionness? I can only imagine the shit that ran it. through their minds. Like, did you want the advice columnist to be like, post a sign in your yard that I am not here for this? <laughs> right. I'm thinking, what are those campaign signs? Right. <laughs> or right. like, burn into their lawn, not here to fuck you. Right. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I, I just move on, please. My head hurts. <laughs> How about one from June 18th, 2021? Yeah. This one's called In Laws Against Adoption of Twins. Born to a heroin addict. Oh, I'm already crying. This one's gonna be. God. I hope it's not as rough as we think it is, but uh, gauging on the length of it, it might be. Oh lord. Ready? Ready as I'm gonna be, I guess. <laughs> Dear someone else's mom. Oh lord. Even though we have no reason to believe we wouldn't be able to conceive children of our own, my husband and I decided that we want to adopt at least two children who need families. We are currently working with an adoption agency and they found twins whose mother has a history of heroin use and addiction. The twins were born early and one almost didn't make it. We know they have many issues, some of which will be long-term, both because of their prematurity and their mother's drug use, but we are more than willing to bring them into our life. We are blessed with good incomes, excellent health insurance, and very importantly, a good support system led by my sister and my parents who live nearby. Unfortunately, my mother-in-law and her husband are entirely against the adoption. They think we're taking on more than we can handle and keep bringing up how the twins' mother could get cleaned up and decide to take steps to get her children back. This is something my husband and I have considered and investigated. While there are circumstances where it can happen, it isn't likely to happen, and if their birth mother did take steps to reverse the adoption after it's legally established, she would most likely have a very hard time getting full custody of her children. I know my mother-in-law and father-in-law are worried that we could get our hearts broken if the twins' mother comes back into the picture, and that we're taking on a huge challenge with two babies with the law already stacked against them. But we want them to understand we are willing to take the risk and take on everything that comes with babies with such a compromised start. What can we do to convince my in-laws that we know what we're getting into and to have some faith in us? Ready for the challenge. Oh, I know off the bat, you might have some mixed feelings toward this. I don't think I have mixed feelings. Really? I think... Oh, I'm so happy about that. I think the in-laws are also coming from positions of parents Mm -hmm. so there's a lot but also they're going to be grandparents Mm -hmm. and there can be a lot entailed with children whether they were born with this addiction or they just have complications from past from the you know mother's addiction previously while they were while she was pregnant, whatever. I don't know how to like, I don't think you're going to change your in-laws' minds until you have them children in your arms Mm -hmm. and you take them to their home and they meet them for the first time. 
then they're going to have no choice but to fall in love with these babies and support them babies and you. So you're saying that your in-law's position should not influence your decision? No, not if you're... Or your, did I say position or decision? I think you said decision. Position. Your in-law's in-laws. position. Right, you said not. the in-laws' position should okay. not influence your, your decision. decision. Yes, okay, I, think I said you, it right. I, believe, I think so. Yeah, no, not if your mind's made. Mm-hmm. If you were coming to your in-laws like, we're unsure, you know what I mean? Then you can maybe consider their perspective. But if you're like, no, like, we're good. We're win, lose, or draw. Like, we're in this. Mm-hmm. Then I don't necessarily think you... Them babies! Them babies. They need love. They deserve it. They deserve it. They didn't it. ask A to be here and B to be born addicted to heroin. Yep. Or have side effects from the addiction, yeah. Right. From the use. And I understand, like, okay, mommy can get clean and try to fight to get these kids back. But like, first of all, how long is that entire process? A, mm-hmm. right? Just the legal stuff alone. If, if, if mom gets anything, it's visitation. Probably. And it's probably supervised. And it's probably going to be a long time before she gets that. Mm -hmm. If she's, especially if she's actively using, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I just, if you're all in, if your mind's made and you're like, we're committed to these little babies in whatever way we can be, do it. Yep. They deserve that. I am in full agreement with you, 100%. And I just want to applaud this couple. You don't know. Absolutely. A, that you 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 don't know one way or the other to whether or not you're yeah. going to have children and you're willing to adopt yeah. somebody who needs a home. Yeah. Like Two I could, babies. I could get emotional about this. This is huge. Yeah, absolutely. This is your humanity amplified beyond the magnitude of, a normal or average rather human being yeah like you're doing this whether or not you know you can have babies yeah you're and you're aware of different circumstances right granted you're not going to know the depths of these things until you're right. in it but you still have some sort of knowledge you have some sort There's of like health a complication right physical mental emotional complications the potential of mother getting some sort of rights to these babies at the end of the day, there's a precursor and you know about it and you're willing to go in for this. Even if you get your heart broken in the end. Your in-laws, you you don't need their buy-in. No. This decision is yours and your husband's alone. And them in-laws are going to fall in love with them. They're going to fall in love. Absolutely. And if they don't, then they really didn't want you to have kids in the first place. No, if they don't, then they're just too concerned with... They're consumed in their own them. bitterness. No, we're gonna, we're not gonna go clo- grow close to these babies right. because there's a chance we're gonna lose them. Concerned in their, consumed in their own bitterness. That's what that is. I don't think that's bitterness. And that's a little bit. I think that's I'm anticipating losing them, so therefore I'm going to avoid as much heartbreak as I can. Yeah, I would, I would classify that as bitterness on my part. I guess we all have our own yeah, definitions of it. Yeah, But either way, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just... They're preoccupied you, with a different... With a, a perspective that may or may not point? be true. What's the point of getting close to these babies if we're going to lose them anyway? Right. Yeah. And then they're fucking 30 years old. Yeah. And have, like, doctorates. Right. <laughs> right. Literally, that's how <laughs> you know? goes. Yeah. Uh, I really just want to commend them. That's incredible. And they're, yeah, I agree with you. They're going to fall in love with these kids. Yeah. Am I get to the answer? And if they don't fall in love with these babies, you're still helping these babies. And that's what matters. Literally. Not the what your in laws no. think. Although. You're, I hope you get pregnant during and then they get even more concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something sweet like, I hope you get pregnant during and then there's even more to love. That too. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm not this vindictive in my daily life. No, you're not. I actually. just really love that. <laughs> I just. It's really funny because I don't watch any of those reality shows like Housewives or Love and Hip Hop, oh, the where they're I'm like obsessed with. They're fucking 
purposely vindictive yeah. for entertainment. Absolutely. And they don't even need producers telling them like, you're gonna like hate this. Right. You know what I mean? They're just Absolutely. like, oh, the camera's on. I'm flipping this table. Right. <laughs> Literally. Like, that's not me. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I just thought it was super funny because I thought you were going to go down to like some Entertainment mushy, value. <laughs> I guess. This is how we get <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I just talk out of my ass. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're here. You ready for the response? Yes. Dear, ready for the challenge. Your in-laws are within their rights to be concerned about what lies ahead of your soon-to-be-growing family. It is as your self-acknowledged a huge commitment and challenge. Perhaps it would help if it's practical to include them directly in the care of your babies once they're in their new home. If they become familiar with what's involved in parenting special needs infants, not only would it hopefully allow them some insight into their new grandchildren's and your lives, but it may also give them more of a stake in your reality rather than the what ifs they may be currently blinded by. Their direct involvement might also serve to extend your support system. So what we said. We're really good at this. Really good at this. <laughs> I mean, I'm just an advice columnist. <laughs> and you're a therapist. Actually, no. One of my, I guess, like, acquaintance. We don't friend? really. Yeah. Friend. Person. Someone you know. Friend. She left us comments saying we're really good at this. Or we're killing this. Is that what she said? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, we'll kill it. Yep. <laughs> Just sometimes, give us the body. <laughs> sometimes well done and other times butchered. Sometimes medium rare. Never rare. We often are in rare form. <laughs> I would say we're in rare form, but we're not always wrong. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the ones that we have that have controversial responses, controversial responses. Controversial controversial like universal i can't drink anymore <laughs> it sucks because like, we have a lot more to go well not necessarily controversial responses but responses that that could have differing opinions yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like we're really good at giving each other different perspectives absolutely you know and i really value that and these questions although good questions absolutely they, they just like didn't they didn't elicit the thought where you and i are seeing Uh, it like oh i didn't get that yeah yeah i love when we have those conversations because even when i go back and edit these episodes i'm like oh i remember that yeah i remember that clicking never ever or i wouldn't have come to that or maybe i'll listen to myself and be like huh (laughs) (laughs) you know or even you sometimes i'm like where are you going with this land this plane yeah you know like it's just so interesting to see the different perspectives and but this one this last question yeah, this was kind of, yeah, I agree. It was like, you, do you really need your in-laws permission? It's like, it's, it, not like it's, it's as your if, wife. It's as if like, you, look, you got pregnant after a history of miscarriages and you tell them and you're like, do you, they're like, do you really want to carry this full term? Even That's so, what I equated, equated that in my head. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you haven't really had good luck of holding on to a baby. Yeah, like they womb. don't get to make such a right. high decision it's a life-changing life. life-altering decision that impacts you and another human yeah you make That's that decision way, yeah i agree and you're trying to impact in a good way and you're already aware to certain extents yeah what what may or may not be followed like worst case scenario yeah two three years from now you can't you know you right. can't live in what if especially if you don't even have an inkling of what the answer might be you know, I hate yeah. to say this, but what if you cannot live in what if she's not around? You want to live in that too, then you're yeah. gonna drive yourself nuts. Yeah. Oh gosh. We yes. What if is like the worst, like the ever. most awful ex-boyfriend that will not leave you alone for oh, the rest of your life. Even Jesus. if you're like married with kids, he's still like in your DMs. Talk about your what if. That's what if. What shouldn't? Mm, what shan't. <laughs> yes those were an interesting trio of questions yeah triad trio triad of questions i, don't know, I just hear my screaming ass neighbors i know dude we need a studio i don't know if they're outside or in like the hallway i don't know i don't know do you guys hear them let us know 
send us your questions, comments, and all your concerns. I don't care if you can hear these kids or not. I want you to tell me what my toilet dreams mean. And I want you to tell me about the last 20 years and one dream means. Because <laughs> Lord knows his therapist can't. I didn't even ask no him yet. I can't see him for another week. He's on vacation, the bastard. Well, good thing he sent me. No. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but if you want to play Fred momentarily, send us your questions, comments, and all your concerns to yes. illadvisedthepodcast at gmail.com or visit us at illadvisedthepodcast.com. And again, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, illadvisedthepodcast. You guys are fantastic. We love you so much and appreciate you more than you could ever, 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 ever know. Yes. Thank you for all of your listenership, your friendship. Listenership. listenership. (laughs) I I made that up and it's fantastic. You did make that up? I I really thought that was a real word. (laughs) Funnily enough, it's not. I didn't think funnily was a word, but I feel like listenership is. It it is it perhaps. It is now. And thank you for listening. You've been ill-advised.